you know, our message from uh, Hosea that Sherry read to us had some strong language in it. Yeah, how many times can you say whoredom in one passage of scripture and, and get away with it in church? Three times, apparently. But it's a message of anger of a wrathful God. And we seem to forget sometimes, I think, when we think about God and we think about our Savior Jesus and the love that He pours out on us, we tend to forget sometimes, I think, that God is holy, perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, perfectly just, and because of that nature of His character, He simply cannot abide disobedience and sin. And so in Hosea, the prophet is, is telling the people of Israel, there's only so much that God is going to put up with you before he pours out his wrath upon you. And then in the very last verse of Hosea, in the place where it was said to them, the people of Israel, you're not my people, God says to them that you are children of the living God. Time and time again, in the Old Testament and the New, time and time again in this present age of the church, God forgives, continues to forgive, all the trespasses and transgressions of his people. Not just those people out there who don't go to church, but also us who come to church every Sunday and worship him. And then, yes, go back out into the world and continue to have issues with sin. Your pastor is no different. We live in a fallen, broken world, and sometimes that world has influence over us, our thoughts, our actions, how we treat other people. So if you're in here feeling like the Holy Spirit is convicting you at the sound of my words, know that you're not alone. And that God still calls you a child of the living God. Why? Why does that happen? Well, Paul in Colossians, Colossians 2 is where I'm at. You can follow along in, in the printout or whatever version of the Bible that you've brought with you. Colossians 2, starting at verse 6, Paul starts to tell us about the fullness of life in Christ. And I'm going to take it a couple of verses at a time. If you've uh, been to Bible study recently, you'll know that we have been through Colossians, and we have talked about this before. But it's an important message that I want the entire congregation to, to have a good grasp of. 
verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now before I go on to the rest of the verses, let's just take this a couple of verses at a time. Paul is telling you, look, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've already been given. You received Christ Jesus the Master. You've said yes to Him already. Now live Him. Well, how do we live Christ, Pastor? Well, as a Christian, as somebody who said yes to Jesus and who has begun to study his word a little bit more in depth, you have begun to establish deep roots in him. You're, if you're a, a, a builder, might say you're well constructed upon a firm foundation of Christ. What you've been taught, Now do it. Paul saying, school is out. Stop being such a bookworm and get out there and start living. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. That seems simple enough. Stop talking about it and start doing it. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in Christ the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. What's Paul saying there? He's saying, watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. My goodness, they're out there, aren't they? They want to drag you off, Paul says, into endless arguments that never amount to anything. Anybody been involved in one of those lately? All you have to do is log on to Facebook and say something about Jesus, and I guarantee you, you'll be... You'll be dragged into one if you're not careful. These people spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings, Paul says, and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed through Jesus so you can see and hear Him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without Him. When you come to Jesus, that fullness comes together for you also. His power extends over everything, including your experience. Verse 11. In Him, Jesus, also... You were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were 
buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross is final. There's nothing else that needs to be done when you nail your sin to the cross. See this fullness that Paul talks about here. The fullness of Christ, which we get to share in because we said yes to him. Entering into this fullness is not something that you figure out or achieve. You don't gain this fullness, not even by studying, not even by works. You gain this fullness simply by saying yes to Christ. It's not a matter of being circumcised, of, of exercising some ritual, some outward sign that you are now saved. It's not about keeping a long list of laws in the Judaic tradition. You're already insiders, Paul is saying. You're already part of the club. It's not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. And Paul says if, if you're after some kind of initiation ritual, if that's what you need in order to feel like you're a part of the club, then you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Baptism is your initiation. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was your resurrection. God raising you from the dead just like he did Jesus. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, how many of us have been there? When you were stuck there, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive right along with Jesus Christ. All your sins were forgiven. The slate was wiped clean. The old arrest warrant was canceled and nailed to the cross of Christ. Skeeter loved that uh, imagery, by the way. He was in the service over at Countryside. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Do, do, can we get our minds around that simple statement? Jesus paid it all. Four words. There's no balance due for the believer in Christ. The debt of sin is canceled. It's paid in full. And if that's the case, why are we still insisting on walking around in bondage? Claim the prize. Embrace the freedom of a debt-free life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant, the Bible says. When, why then are we shackling ourselves to chains that have been broken? 
it doesn't make any sense that we should walk around feeling like we are slaves to sin when we've said yes to Jesus and therefore are under the bondage of sin no more. And so we have to start acting like it. Cast off the burden of sin and live in the debt-free kingdom of God. How can anyone not be excited about this free gift that God has given us? How can anyone not claim it? If the Texas Lottery Commission called you and said you've just won $3 million, would you not drop everything and go pick it up? Well, this is much better than a lottery. The Holy Spirit is at work in the world to provide the God power to help us spread the message of the free gift of the gospel. He's active in the world within each of us as believers, and if we will only tune into Him, then He will open up incredible windows. He will orchestrate amazing wonders through us to advance His kingdom. And this is what has happened in this church before our very eyes with two of our youngest members. You know, there's an example. This interesting little bit of trivia I came across as I was preparing this message where the Holy Spirit led people to engage in this divine, grace-filled appointment. They had no idea it was coming, but God brought it together. It's back in 1865. There's a woman by the name of Elvina Hall. And she was a member of the Monument Street Methodist Church in Baltimore, Maryland. The choir director at Monument Street Methodist was a man by the name of John Thomas Gray. And he composed a piece of music. It was just the music, and he entitled it, All to Christ I Owe. Now, the pastor at Monument Street Methodist was a man by the name of George Shrek. He wasn't green. He wasn't an ogre. Great name. But he heard Grapes music, and he immediately recalled the lyrics that he had read by this lady by the name of Elvina Hall. And he said to Grape and Hall, why don't you put those two together? And the finished hymn they sent to Professor Theodore Perkins, who was a hymn writer, who published it in his periodical. It was called Sabbath Carols. And the hymn just kind of took flight. And so today the hymn is a favorite in churches all over America. Uh, there's been a popular resurgence lately uh, in, in Christian music. Uh, Chris Tomlin uh, remade it. Uh, Christian Stanfill, if you're familiar with these artists. They put a, a contemporary spin on an old uh, melody, but the melody is still there, which is interesting because a lot of times these artists kind of bend, and, and but this one has endured the time. And Elvina's lyrics, and we're going to sing it here in a minute, but I can hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. 
Sin had left a crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. The Holy Spirit, working in the world, working through believers, crafted this piece of music which has inspired thousands to come to Christ. And in that same way, two young people in this congregation inspired in some way by the Holy Spirit, moving in their young hearts, have come together with others who are able to kind of mold and guide them to bring their vision into reality. And now we have a ministry that joins in with what God is already doing. You know how important that is. We don't invent things on our own. We, we tune into the Holy Spirit, at which helps us identify where God is going, and we join in. And lo and behold, we have a ministry in its very roots, its infancy, if you will, that has potential in this community to have an impact for the kingdom of God going forward. Who knows what God will do with this? It's inspiring because it comes from a heart of innocence and purity and pure love for Jesus Christ. And it's inspiring because Gosh, if our young people can get it, so can we. Jesus did indeed pay it all, and we do indeed owe it all to him. And if we look for the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we're not afraid to step out when he leads, like Elvina Hall and John Thomas Grape, like Callie and Cooper, you too can have divine appointments that have a lasting impact for the advancement of the kingdom of God. They're still available today. It's not something of the past. All it takes is a little inspiration, a little listening to the leading of the Spirit, and a willingness to take action once you get it. And look what happens. It's an amazing thing. And this congregation has the ability to advance this thing forward, to come alongside what God is doing and what these two young folks have started and truly have a mission and ministry in this community that we have not had before. Not that we don't minister and, and have mission. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is something that we can all sink our teeth into if we just will. All we have to do is come alongside them. And so I'm encouraging us as a congregation to do that. Let's not just be bystanders and watch them on Facebook. Let's come alongside and get behind this mission and ministry. Yes? Yes. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.